Hi, and welcome to episode 152 of No Crying in Baseball, the Dangerous Pants episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I wish I had some dangerous pants because once again, I have a cat on my lap for the recording. I don't know what it is about Squadcast that attracts my cats, but I'm wearing shorts and that combination is is actually pretty dangerous. So I have I have dangerous legs. It's a danger- well, claws. <laughs> dangerous legs. Isn't that like a Rod Stewart thing? I don't know. I was thinking you had a dangerous lack of pants. Yes, that's a good, okay, dangerous lack of pants. I like that. How are you doing? I'm better now. Thank you so much. I was having a, you know, a rough time, but I'm, I'm okay now. And it's all due to like hanging out with you. So thanks, Potty Mouth. Oh, hey, the feeling is totally mutual. And there, there's been stuff to celebrate this weekend too. My, my dad had a birthday yesterday. So shout out to dad. Dad has not been doing so with the computer lately. So I'm not sure if he's still listening quite as faithfully as he used to, but Happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Potty Mouth's Dad. Yay, hooray. It was another birthday, too. Yes, more birthdays. Freddie Freeman, your former boyfriend from Atlanta, had a birthday with my dad. He did. And you know what? So he had a very nice present from Jason Hayward, um, other former boyfriend. So Jason Hayward's birthday was, I think, back in August or something. And he and Freddie go way back. They're pals from when they both played on the Atlanta team. And Freddie said, I'm going to hit a home run as a birthday present for you. And he did. And if you, uh, Jason Hayward hit a three-run homer uh, to bring the Cubs from from behind in a very exciting game yesterday on Freddie Freeman's birthday. So he said, I didn't promise him ahead of time, but I know I already have a text waiting from Freddie about this. That is adorable. It is adorable. I guess we don't know quite know what to say about Freddie flying home on his birthday. Actually, that wasn't for his birthday. It was for his kid's game, but it was on his birthday, It was on his birthday. Yeah, I think it was a double. I think it was a double thing. A double thing to be with his family for his birthday and to see his kid's t-ball game. And we just hope that that's good news because flying these days from one place to another isn't necessarily best practices, especially when you're coming from the South. Uh, But another birthday yesterday, Jose Arana from the Marlins did not celebrate in the same exciting way as Freddie and Jay Hay. He gave up two home runs. So there's still the home run connection, but he's a pitcher and he gave up two home runs in a loss to the Phillies. And unfortunately, one of those home runs that he gave up was a grand slam by Didi Gregorius in the first inning. Not a happy birthday for Arana. Sorry. You know, sometimes people feel like birthdays are giving opportunities. Like they give up them. Mm-hmm. They're generous on their own birthdays. And maybe that was the case. Yeah. So somebody, somebody got a home run. On today's show, the danger of pants, the trolling of the Astros by land, by air, and by art, Roberto Clemente Day, Bobby Bomb Dahlbeck, La Tortuga, too many injuries in our boyfriends, and a bench-clearing smile, COVID news, the playoff bubble, some mom goals, and international baseball. I'm going to start us off with pants. I don't want pants. Do I? I don't need those stinking pants. Yeah, that, I think that's part of the issue. At least that's that's what our friend FP Santangelo said. We're going to get that into it in a minute after we identify the pants wearer, who is Zach Wheeler, currently with the Phillies. I think it's his first year there after coming from the Mets, which I think explains some of this, because I think when you leave the Mets, you bring a little bit of that bad luck with you wherever you go. <laughs> so poor Wheeler hurt his fingernail 
putting on his pants and is going to miss a start because of that. And of course, if you look at it just like within that one sentence, it seems a little beyond absurd. We've talked about crazy injuries before, like didn't Joe Kelly throw out his back cooking last year and Salvador Perez uh, was out for a while when he lifted a suitcase. So a fingernail kind of ups that game. Like that's Tre- sort of like- Trevor Bauer with the with the drone injury on yeah. his finger. I think this is one of those hold my beer situations. Only I don't think Zach Wheeler can hold a beer right now. Right. <laughs> but although you would think like, come on, I, you think fingernail, like hangnail, dude, can you deal with this? And it turns out he, he might actually have a credible excuse for this. According to The Athletic, he actually has problems with the the his middle fingernail, which is the one that, that got apparently caught in his zipper. And, Go ahead uh, and say the whole thing. Ripped off. Rip, yeah, rip, rip the, the nail, nail bed from his middle finger. Yeah, that's pretty horrid. So I, I think that the problem, though, is he already had a screwed up nail because of the pressure that he puts on his middle finger when he's pitching. I guess it's it's extensuated on that finger. And so he's had past fingernail problems, which probably really sucks to have that on an ongoing basis. It sounds like it's not a pretty fingernail. I'm thinking that like your middle finger might have some stress issues as well from like overuse and whatnot. So be careful. Yeah, I'm going to have to put some cream on or something and try to keep that in condition or just not wear pants. There, There's that option, too. So, you know, that was when when we were watching the, the game and they were talking about it. F.P. Santangelo, the Nats color cord, uh, coordinator, not coordinator, <laughs> commentary dude, while he was talking and going through the news of the league and talked about the Phillies, said that the, probably the issue is he hadn't had practice putting on pants in a long time, because we all know that during the pandemic, we're sitting around in, you know, sweatpants at best, really, really, probably boxer shorts. People are not doing the training that they need in order to be able to put on pants properly. There's like no reps there. Yeah. Yeah. He probably didn't have his pants spring training. So he needed a little bit more pants practice. I think maybe they should have put a little bit more attention to that during this this um, abbreviated spring training because apparently he needed a lot. That's what you know, we've talked about, you know, people with their oblique strains and, you know, the various muscles, all these smaller injuries happening because of lack of use. And here you go. Here you go. Mm-hmm. The whole fingernail pants thing. Yikes. So the Dodger fans had a great time with a visit by the Astros. The Dodger fans, of course, are holding the Astros responsible for the World Series loss in 2017 when the Astros cheated. And, you know, I don't blame them because Mm -hmm. for wanting to act out on this, because clearly MLB did not act out and you know punish the players in any way and a lot of people saying oh not much happened so the the fans have taken it upon themselves to make sure that the Astros players know that they are being held accountable by somebody so when the team bus arrived when the Astros team bus arrived at Dodger Stadium Dodgers fans met them with trash cans and signs and lots of yelling and screaming when some of the Dodgers players went by, they showed some support for these guys. For sure, Kershaw and Kelly were both honking oh, and waving, right, <laughs> at, at, at these guys, right? So that's the by land. By air, there were two separate GoFundMe campaigns to pay for banners to be pulled by airplanes over Dodger Stadium during the games. That's and in impressive. both cases, the excess funds, more than what it was going to cost to pull the banner, was going to be donated to the Dodgers charities. 
Oh, what a win-win situation. Right? That's That's some good community spirit right there. And then by art, I hope you saw these pictures. We're certainly going to link to this mural. But there was a 16-foot mural of Joe Kelly's pouty face painted on the back of Floyd's 99 Barbershop in an area called Silver Lake in Los Angeles. And Joe Kelly visited it with the artist, Jonas Never, on Thursday um, and posed with his own pouty pouty face in front of (laughs) the depiction of his pouty face. And it is really a very beautiful thing. And Joe Kelly is just starting, just came off the aisle. So now he's starting to serve his suspension. Oh, that's just starting. So that's just why he has starting. time to go tour and check out the potty face. I lo- pouty face. Pat- I don't want, yeah, not a potty face. <laughs> I know that's what I was saying too. It almost, I say potty mouth. It rolls off the tongue yeah. so easily. And then, but no, pouty face, potty mouth, different things. I love how he owns it though, because when I first oh, saw yeah. it, like in the moment, I thought he's going to be so embarrassed by that. What an, a ridiculous expression. And it has become such a huge deal. And he loves it. So. Power did you see? You. Did you see that the nice swing bitch T-shirts? No, I'm tempted, and I don't usually wear T-shirts that have you know uh-huh. things on them like that. But that one is kind of tempting. Hey, while we're on the Dodgers, I want to tell you about Vin Scully, the you know the the renowned decades famous oh. uh, broadcaster for the Dodgers, who's retired. Yeah. Everybody loves Vin Scully, and um, he delighted really all of the baseball world by joining Twitter in the past couple of weeks. So everyone is just thrilled that this 92 year old legend is now on Twitter. <laughs> But he is auctioning all of his memorabilia. Wow. The auction book, the catalog, is about 100 pages long. And the best estimate is it's going to bring in millions of dollars. And it includes all four of his Dodger World Series rings. It includes letters and autographs from six different presidents, programs and scorebooks from special games, and apparently also a Dodger Blue love seat that is in his home office. And... It's really cool why he's doing this, actually. So he's going to turn 93. And what he said was, this is the quote, I would like to do two things before hopefully I'm called up to heaven. Number one, I would like to make a small, humble donation to a worthy cause. And secondly, I would like to leave the children with a little extra money coming from the proceeds of the auction. So he's got five kids and like 16 grandchildren. And if this brings in millions, so his his um, charity of choice is the uh, it's a university hospital that's doing research into uh, neuromuscular disease wow. that's important to his family. So that's where part of the, the the funds would go, and the rest would be sending a lot of grandkids to college. That's great. I think that's really cool. It's like you know, I we I don't need the stuff. I I want to do good in the world. So that's what I'm going to do to do good in the world. So yay, Vince Gully. And it's going to make people happy to get that stuff. So I think it's an all-around win-win situation. He's fantastic. I love to see folks doing good. And um, this past, what was it? Shit, what day was it? Wednesday? The 9th. That was Wednesday. Roberto Clemente Day, which is becoming bigger. Uh, And for the first time, I, I think most people probably noticed that Puerto Rican players were wearing number 21 to honor Roberto Clemente. All of the pirates, the whole team wore 21, which is interesting because it has been retired for that team. It hasn't been retired for the league yet, but it had been retired for the pirates. So it's the first time that anyone had worn it since it was retired in 1973. The the question that was floating around a lot was why just Puerto Rican players? And it was kind of, it was definitely an interesting debate. There's a lot of people who feel like this should become 
you know, the same way as Jackie Robinson number 42 is because it's, it's very equivalent. Roberto Clemente, we all know is an amazing man, not only an incredible baseball player, but humanitarian who died in, in that effort of bringing supplies to Nicaragua. So I, I think that there's a big point in that. And I, understand why people would want to wear it just to support him, even if you're not Puerto Rican. But at the same time, to see the pride of a lot of the Puerto Rican players who who posted about it and to feel that connection and that identity, I think was a fair thing to do. So I can see both sides of the argument. It was a beautiful thing regardless. Interesting, there were a couple of Brewers pitchers who are not Puerto Rican who asked to wear it and got the approval of the family. So apparently it wasn't just MLB who got to say who got to wear 21 or not. It was also Clemente's family. And this was the pitchers, Alex Claudio and Brent Suter. And I guess Suter is, he is uh, their team's Roberto Clemente award nominee this year. So there's that, even though not all the nominees wore it, but he has been one of the more vocal advocates toward having a number 21 day, like they have a number 42 day. Interestingly, you might've seen Suter in the news yesterday because he (laughs) did a backward somersault on the mound and it, it was a beautiful thing. And then, proceeded to strike out. I think it was Ian Happ. He, he, the next, the next throw was the strikeout, which was amazing after he like toppled over. Did, did you see that Simone Biles actually um, tweeted it out? Because like the really? greatest gymnast in the world re- reacted to that. So he's pretty proud of that. that <laughs> it was really impressive. I mean, he it just was. tumbled backwards and got right back up. His cleat just got caught and yeah. he was falling back. Like, yeah, good. Catch yourself. There, there was one post that I was wondering about, though, that our friend Sarah from from the Cup of Cubby Blue a couple of weeks ago had retweeted saying that there was an athletic reporter who said it was because there weren't enough jerseys that they limited it to just Puerto Ricans. And I hope that's not true, but it was out there. Fernando Tatis Jr. has his own take, though. He did some amazing cleats that had a picture of Clemente on it and the number. So it's good to see some honor out there. Yeah, I guess the proof will be what happens next year. Yes. Right? Yes. So here's some good news for you. Our report on COVID-19's effect on baseball is happening now with the show. We're not leading with it. Isn't that a nice oh, change of pace? That right? is exciting. The report on Friday morning from the previous week's 11,000 plus monitoring test said no players tested positive. One staff person tested positive. That means no players for the past 12 consecutive days had tested positive. And as always seems to be the case, whenever we say none, later that day, after the announcement is made, there's one. And sure enough, there was a positive test among the Giants players. And it was reported so late that the Giants and the Padres were already warming up on the field, getting ready to play each other in San Diego when they called the game and said, we cannot play. Someone is tested positive. So the Padres went back to quarantine in the hotel. The the Giants went back to quarantine in the hotel. The Padres were sent home. Everybody, Everybody had a test. They deep cleaned Petco Park. I think they did a second round of tests on Saturday. Everything came back negative. So the reports, not an official report, but a report that was confirmed from three different people in the Giants, they think there was a fake positive because everyone is testing negative. So they don't know what happened. Yeah. So today is Sunday. They are um, playing a doubleheader today to make up one of those games. They'll make up another one. Um, I want to say later in the season, but they've only got two more weeks of the season. It's crazy. And, you know, I guess it, there's going to be fakes. I'd rather have a fake positive than a fake negative. 
much less dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. An abundance of caution is your friend. So that moves us on to talking about the playoff bubble. This is almost solidified. They know the places and the games. It's just stuff around the edges they're trying to figure out. So the wild card series, part of the playoffs, will be held at the home park of the higher seed. The ALDS will be held at between Petco Park and Dodger Stadium. So American League is happening in California. The National League is happening in Texas. So the NLDS will be between Minute Maid Park and Globe Life mm-hmm. Park. The ALCS will be at Petco Park. And both the NLCS and the World Series will be at Globe Life Park because that's the brand new park. But also, interestingly, because it's in the central time zone, which would maximize TV ratings. Ah. Which, you know, is not a bad thing. I've lived on both coasts. And mm-hmm. one way or the other, sometimes the 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 timing is inconvenient, whether you're still at work or you'd really like to go to bed now. Thank you very much. So I don't blame that. I think that's kind of okay. The thing that's still out in the open is what about the families? Because the proposal from MLB is that families can come if they quarantine quarantine for seven days. And a lot of players, like especially the Dodgers players who have had no positives and Mm -hmm. their families, they've been like following all the rules and very successfully, and they don't want to inflict more rules on their family members. But other others are like, you know what? NBA did this. NHL did this. They're doing beautifully. Let's go ahead and do this. Because of when the playoffs would start. Remember, those two situations, those bubbles, the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble, happened without any games prior to that, right? They had this big break. Right. And then they started with that. Here, we've got the end of the you know regular season leading mm-hmm. up into playoffs like it normally would. So part of this plan is that players that are have games at home immediately before the playoffs would move into hotels for that last seven days of the regular season. Obviously the visiting teams would already be in hotels, but that mm-hmm. would start their quarantine before the wild card um, series starts. So that's the part that there needs to be an agreement about. They're close. They're not quite there yet. That's the open, that's the open-ended part. But as far as the locations and all of that, that part is set. So is that an official agreement with the Players Association? I mean, yeah, who has yeah, to? That, okay. Yeah, that's wow. that's where the approval has to come in because there are that's where some of the complaints are about. You know, I really would yeah. like. My I just feel for, like it's a week, folks. It's just a week. Well, like, it could be a month for some of them. Yeah, but 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 at that point, you're watching playoff baseball, like, or you're participating in playoff baseball. I mean, that's a trade-off. You know, there are so many people in this country who would be like, "Put me in a cell for a month if you're going to send me to the World Series. I'll do that." You know, people would sacrifice for that experience. Would you do that when your child was a toddler and you were stuck in a hotel room? Well, there's that. Remember yeah. your child as a toddler? Right. <laughs> Would you want to oh be in a hotel room for all that time? Yeah. yeah. I think that's where you run into the, yeah. that's where the complications come in. True. Um, one more little side note that just sort of epitomizes how whack 2020, baseball in 2020 is. The Royals-Pirates game that was played yesterday on Saturday was delayed for half an hour because somebody was firing a gun at Arrowhead Stadium, which shares a parking lot with the Royals ballpark. At the stadium? Yes, at the stadium. Clearly they got him because it's pretty obvious what he was doing and he's been wow. arrested. But, um, you know, they had to stay in their hotels, obviously, for safety reasons before, you know, once they got it cleared out and they were only delayed by like half an hour. But of all the, you know, people are delayed for rain. The games are delayed for yeah. rain. They're delayed for COVID and apparently now also freaking gunshots. Happy well, 2020, you- everybody. 
Right, right. The the 2020 bingo card on delay games is not full yet. So that scares me. So how many squares have we gotten through? There are still some squares open. Oh, I know <laughs> it, man. I know it. Oh, my God. Let's talk about boyfriends. I love boyfriends. Our boyfriends. These are the guys that we pick on this podcast because they're special. And Patty and I in the offseason have each picked one guy per team that we're supposed to be keeping an eye on. And we do this every year. So now we've got this gaggle of boyfriends that we're kind of keeping an eye on, and it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes. It it helps when it's on a team that you're paying attention to a lot. And for me, that's the Red Sox. And I actually had no hope for being able to talk about my Red Sox boyfriend this year because he hadn't come up yet. And I wasn't even sure that he was going to come up. This is Bobby Dalbeck. And then I almost, um, well, I, I think I did publicly on this show saying I wish I hadn't chosen him a couple weeks ago because I really like Jonathan Arauz when he came up and he has great hair and he's Panamanian and he was doing some fun things. But Bobby Dalbeck, Bobby now known as Bobby Bomb Dalbeck, debuted on the 30th of August, which we talked about last week. He had a home run in his first game, which was fun to talk about. And then he took four games off without a hit, which is an understandable slump. And then he had a five-game home run run streak. And apparently, he is the first player to have five home runs, to have a five-home run streak in his first 10 games, and actually six home runs, including that original one. That adds up to 11. I didn't do the math right. There's something a little bit off there, but it's still pretty impressive, even if I do can't add what what Six adds up to plus. 11? So it's if if he had a five home run streak, right? So he had yeah. one home run and then I thought he had 4 days off and then he had five more. That adds up to 10. Yeah. All right, never mind. Wow. I did my math fine. <laughs> Okay. I, I didn't know if you were counting home runs or, or yeah. games or days or what. So that's no, okay. I was I was counting home You're runs pretty. and games and days. <laughs> no. All right, take two. Bobby Dalbeck got <laughs> six <laughs> home runs in his first ten games. Five of those were in a row. That's an impressive fact. Back to you, Patty. <laughs> When we were first profiling our boyfriends this season, we uh, joked a few times about we would like to actually have, in some cases, the wife or the girlfriend of the boyfriend be the actual boyfriend for the team because of whatever they did. Um, mm-hmm. You had picked Trey Turner a couple years ago as your Nats boyfriend. I would like to pick Trey Turner's mom as sort of our boyfriend mom. And That's let me great. tell let me tell you why. So I was reminded about how wonderful she was twice in, in this past week. Once was reading an article in Sports Illustrated about um, how well Trey is doing this year. He's currently, well, this morning at least, he was tied with Tim Anderson and Juan Soto for um, the highest batting average. Ooh. Right, And um, the article was about how unusual this is for a shortstop. And the fact that Tim Anderson was tied with him. So there's two shortstops out of those three that are tied currently for the highest batting average. And as we've talked about before, batting average isn't necessarily as important as it used to be. So one of the first things that Trey says in that article is that's really only important to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) If I win it's for my mom, she's old school. But Donna Turner came up last week when Trey hit an inside the park home run on September 3rd. And there was talk during the game by the commentators about, is, could this really be his first in the park home run? Which is, I mean, so freaking fast that it wouldn't surprise anybody if he'd had more. And his mom tweeted and said, yeah, no, I can, I can, you know, I can verify it's his first one. So I said, okay, <laughs> it, mom's a good source. Mom knows. And her Twitter bio says he gets his speed from me. So, oh my God, mom goals. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. 
I can't remember if you said this when you profiled Trey a couple of years ago, but one of the fun things about this family is they have codes that they can text back and forth when good things happen in a ball game. And the code for Trey hit a home run is, is the phrase chocolate brownies. And I just think we all should know that. That That is very good. The, the other thing I noticed while you were talking is all three of those leaders in batting average are NCIB boyfriends, they right? They sure are. They sure are. How about that? Another boyfriend of mine, Isan Diaz from the Marlins, I last talked about because he decided to opt out this year. And we had mentioned him as an example because he was not a high earning player as a lot of the people who are opting out, but he is a Marlin. And so it's understandably when this shit hit the fan at the beginning of this whole thing, and we didn't think anybody was going to survive this, that a member of the Marlins would decide to opt out just out of real fear, you know, for their own safety. Well, the Marlins are actually playoff contenders right now, and they need a little bit of help. And he's opting back in. He's officially back on the roster as of yesterday or the day before. On the 1st of September, he went to the alternative site and he got cleared to play just yesterday or the day before. So we'll be seeing him soon. And I feel mixed about it. I was uh, uh, very understanding for anybody who chose to opt out in this. I think we're all really shocked that we've gotten this far. I'm happy that things haven't been worse, but I remain concerned. One more thing about the Marlins that follows through the fact that they had so many people out with COVID was they just set a record this week by having this a 17th player on the team make their major league debut this season. Wow. And as you know, this is a tiny portion of season. The other, t- the other um, teams, I think the highest is like 13, and they're at something like 17 people making their debut. Similar to your story, my twins boyfriend, La Tortuga, Williams Astudio, actually had COVID going into the beginning of the season. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he took, a, you know, he was on the IL, took a little while to recover, and then went from there once he was cleared to the alternate site. And just recently, just last week, got called up because of injuries on the Twins and has only had 11 plate appearances since he came back up. But he finally hit his first home run, which was a solo home run off of Zach Plezak of the Cleveland team, which so I have mixed feelings about that on Saturday. But Tortuga is back. He's in. He's healthy and he's hitting dingers. Yeah. Wasn't Zach the one with the video with no seatbelt? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's then that's okay. That's, you know, if you're going to hit a home run off a Cleveland guy, that's a good one to pick because that's the one that's left. If that's if that's the universe, if it has to be off a Cleveland guy, that's the right (laughs) one. I would rather not be Cleveland because Cleveland was tied with the twins and uh, to be number one in that division. And now they're no longer tied. So there's that. The, the other news that came out of, of that was it was a back-to-back Venezuelan home run because Marwin Gonzalez hit a home run right before Astudio. So Venezuelan press, which I happened to flip through on occasion, was all excited about the back-to-back between those two guys. So you had more guys on the Twins. Oh, if we're going to go into injuries, yeah. So boyfriends are getting injured. People are getting injured. This, I mean, beyond COVID, this situation and beyond and, fingernails. And beyond fingernails. So fingernails, I guess, could happen in any condition. No, no, they, it was definitely COVID-related because of the whole pants comfort thing. But other than that, we're seeing the effects of people not having time to train is what it seems like. They're, I mean, the, I don't, I haven't, have you seen anything of uh, comparing this year to past years? I have not. I have not. 
I'd be very curious because it seems like a shit ton of people are getting uh, injured, including my boyfriend and the twins, Luz Arraes, who has left knee tendonitis, which seems like sort of a, a, you know, constant thing, but apparently it's bad enough to put him on the 10 day, but he's joining five other like main teammates, you know, central twins on there, including Jake Odorizzi and Alex Avila, the catcher. So that's got to be really hurting the twins at this point. And I mean, everybody, right? So Avila is actually specifically why they um, they, they kept uh, Astudio up because Astudio is also a backup catcher. Mm-hmm. So other boyfriends on contending teams. This is the thing. This is pretty serious. Matt Chapman, God damn it, is out for the season for hip surgery. Yeah, that was big news. That's big news. I mean, the, a, the A's are fantastic, and I don't know that they can afford to lose Chapman. But just yesterday, there were rumors that the A's may sign Jake Lamb, who was just DFA'd from the Diamondbacks, to help out at third base. Mm-hmm. So that could be a help. But oh my God, Chappie, get well soon. I know it's not going to be the season, but we're, we're thinking about you. So JT Real Muto, my boyfriend on the Phillies, the catcher, another catcher situation, had a hip issue, left the game yesterday um i just Ooh. checked he they said he was definitely not they had a double header t- today he definitely wasn't going to play the first game and i checked the box score and he had not yet come into the second game either so we don't know how serious that is miguel rojas my boyfriend on the marlins thankfully is currently playing in the second game d- double header he hurt his hand here's another stupid injury he tripped and fell on his way taking the field on the in the game oh yesterday my God. and really and, <laughs> Jammed what finger? His middle finger. It's always that middle finger. It's though. always the middle See? finger. Well, here, uh, okay, so here you should be exercising it more, right? Like I do. So <laughs> exercise your use of that middle finger, strengthen it so that it can withdraw, withstand these little bumps oh my and God. falls yeah. that come around. So Miguel left the game yesterday, partway through the game. And sat out the first game of doubleheader, but I guess he did enough reps with his middle finger <laughs> since then that he is currently playing in the second game of the doubleheader. Hopefully it's okay. And there I also want um, to note that the patron saint of no crying in baseball, Sean Doolittle, is out for the season with an oblique the strain. The season? Well, the season's only two more freaking weeks. Oh, right, right, right. So like everything, oh. like every injury now is for the whole freaking season. And this is like the end of his contract. So, and everybody's scared that, oh my God, did we already see him play his last game as a gnat? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know who else we we missed on this list was Acuna. So watching the, the Atlanta Nats series this weekend, Acuna got something to his ankle. Was, was it the foul off his ankle? And, and watching it happen was scary. Like he couldn't walk. He was on the field for a really long time. People came over to him and he hobbled off and he was your Atlanta boyfriend last year. And we have that lovely picture with him, but he was back. I, I really, I don't understand what miracle happened to get him not actually injured off that. Cause it looked pretty scary at the time. It really did. It really did. A completely different issue with boyfriends are when they clear the benches by things that they do. Francisco Lindor, former Cleveland boyfriend of mine, otherwise known as Mr. Smile, smiled at Sergio Romo after hitting a fly ball, which was an out. It was a fly ball that was caught. It was an out. But as he was running to first base, just kind of grinned at at Sergio Romo, who then followed him to first base, just kind of jogged up to him at first base and started yelling at him. From the pitcher's mound to first base where Lindor Mm -hmm. was running. 
followed him to first base. Um, and then that, of course, cleared the benches and people threw themselves in between them. And Roma had to be escorted all the way to the clubhouse because he was still having fits in the dugout. So wow. both of them were fined. I don't know how much you get fined for smiling at a pitcher. That's so crazy. I mean, and Lindor smiles at everybody. That's like, yeah, I mean, this smiles. was a meaningful smile for sure. It was an okay. eye contact smile, but still it was a smile. Um, Romo got suspended for one game um, and also fined. So uh, there you have it. Bench clearing smile. Yeah, I think Romo needs a little bit of a trim there. I'm all about the the flow and the locks, but the beard situation and the hair situation at the same time, I, I think he's got to get one of them out of, under control. Oh, I'd like it to be his attitude. Okay, that would be good. I have happy news from other places, from far places. I have a bunch of international baseball to talk about now. So as we're talking about this season not lasting much longer, there is so much baseball everywhere. And I just want everybody to appreciate our ability to watch games at any time of the day from all over the world and enjoy different kinds of baseball. The CPBL, I've been totally loving from Taiwan and the other day, one of the mascots had a birthday. That was Bonnie, one of the guardians, the bee and the Fubon, right? Frankie and Bonnie. And they, the guardians tweeted something about her being the best mascot. And because it was her birthday, I don't think I, I don't think I directly contradicted that. But I mean, Bonnie's adorable. But Lion and Saba Boy are where it's at. And I just want to remind folks that that Saba Boy on his birthday, they had a popsicle that you were going to try made out of him, milkfish flavored popsicle. So I don't think well, Bonnie- a relative of him. It wasn't him right. because he's still around. I mean, you. <laughs> His species, right? So could, so like Bonnie popsicles, I, I didn't see anything about that. Could, could Bonnie be the very best of the Guardian mascots? She could be, but they tweeted that she was the best CPBL mascot. Oh, yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, so that's just not right. And and I think that, you know, for a very fair contest to see who the best one is, it should be a breakdancing competition because Lion would kill that. Uh, the the Fubon Guardians, though, you will be happy to, to know stole the, – the monkeys let them win today, basically. They were, they were playing against the monkeys – it was going into the ninth inning, and I turned it on at that point, and I saw the walk. There were two outs, and a guy was walked, so there was a guy in first and second. Two outs. They were winning by one at this point. And then they walked the bases loaded, so bases loaded, two outs, still four to three, bottom of the ninth. And then there was an error. So it was a hit. It should have been an out. It went through, I forget if it was, I think it was Lin Lee. I think it was shortstop. And they tied it up. And then there was a real hit and a single and the Guardians won. But the Monkeys pretty much got them there. It was rough to see. Some, some happier news from the Monkeys that you can find. I think we retweeted it, but we'll post it. Is your Monkeys boyfriend, Dimple Can Cannon, Chu Yusen. His son is adorable and did the MVP dance with him. And I love to see that. So as of the time of recording, Lions are barely back in first place. But everybody is so close, it's not even funny. Lions are barely above 500. Guardians and Monkeys are both tied with 500. And Brothers are slightly below. So catch that CPBL. In Korea, the KBO, 
Only thing I have to say is for the first time, I think it is the first time all season that the pick, team that I picked, the Dinos, are not sole possession of first place. And the only reason why I'm really pissed about it, because I haven't been paying that much attention to them, is that it's the heroes with Addison fucking Russell who have like gone ahead since they acquired him and they're now tied with the Dinos. I am not happy about that. Wyverns are still at 27 and a half behind and Eagles at 33. We're going to go over to this hemisphere where you're going to be able to watch more baseball from more places starting now. And the super exciting thing about this, I've been watching Latin American baseball for a few years from all over Latin America. Cuba is hard to come by because it's Cuba and just media between Cuba and the United States, even on the Internet, is challenge, is a super challenge. But Game Time Sport has a YouTube channel. And it's been advertised, and I'm just going to trust it because I haven't seen it yet, that's going to be playing one game a day from the Cuba National Series, which is their baseball league. I am super excited about that. So, yes, that means Cuba is playing baseball. And the question, of course, with anybody playing baseball, and this is going to be sort of this theme with talking about Latin American baseball, is is it safe? Now, Cuba has the best medical system of definitely of anywhere in Latin America and of a non- you know, it's so hard to decide which term to you, non-European U.S. country with a lot of resources. They're really known for having great medical care and exporting that also to a lot of other countries. So they're director of, I can't pronounce it. Epidemiology. Thank you. you. (laughs) Epidemiology of the public health ministry has is basically controlling the situation that they're going to play under. Very unlike Nicaragua, we were talking about in the beginning of the season. So they're playing with no fans. Everybody has already been tested. They were all negative. Nice. In the get-go, in the intakes. Before starting. That's Before starting. And there's still no fans. And they're still disinfecting like crazy and distancing. And everyone wears a mask except for players. And they're even saying no physical contact. They said they said no hung, hugging and things like that, whatever that means. Things so like that. Things like that. And the first game, the first pitch was thrown out by two doctors. So oh, yay. I very much appreciate that. So I will feel good about watching Cuban baseball. Cuba was doing really well and was actually being held up internationally as a really good example of keeping COVID under control until August. And things started going sort of roller coaster just up and down with that daily graph going, going a little nuts. So they're locked down right now. So on September 3rd, after a rocky August, the country literally locked down. You cannot go out. You can't go past your neighborhood. So there's, you know, in a dictatorial situation, one thing is that there's a lot of control and people will follow rules like this or will have serious problems. They've had about 4,500 total cases and a little over 100 deaths. Hoping that things will be good for Cuba. The season is still a little shortened, 75 games. Playoffs are going to be in January. And I feel like I need to stick to the teams I picked last year because you got to be a forever fan, right? I'm always a Lions fan. I'm always a Red Sox fan. I'm always an Nats fan. I do not, no matter what crap goes through the team, I'm going to stay faithful. So I am going to be staying faithful to the elephants. I picked them because they're elephants, the Elefantes de Cienfuego. I found out today that they last made the playoffs in 2009-2010 season. So, so that's a little while ago. They're, they're due. due again, but and it's possible. And 
on that team was Jose Abreu before he came here. And I didn't know that when I picked them. So I kind of feel like maybe I have a little bit of hope with my elephants in Cuba. I think you should. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, we get to watch them. So I'm going to have to like look for when the elephants get to be played. Another exciting place that, well, I, I'm actually surprised that so much as baseball is now happening in Latin America. I thought that things were going to be curtailed. And I had said before that Venezuela had said definitely no season. And now I'm not even sure about that. Uh, Puerto Rico is apparently starting. I don't know when, but the news from them is they have a new team owned by Roberto Alomar. Yay! It's and that's. I want to say for a second. I want to say yay for Roberto Alomar because he was the um, the the double play partner of Omar Vizquel for several years, and so I have a special place for Roberto Alomar too. So maybe you can adopt his team. It's there. It's going to be the RA twelve, RA doce, I guess, RA doce. So. It's going to have a better name than that, isn't there? That that's actually going to be the name. All right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. The merch is going to be outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it could be. So my my team for the Liga Baseball Profesional Roberto Clemente. So their their league is named after Roberto Clemente. I had chosen the Gigantes de Carolina because my boyfriend we just talked about from the Marlins, Isan Diaz, had been playing on there. I didn't even realize, so here's another shit luck. I didn't even realize that both Kike Hernandez and Yadier Molina are connected to this team. And they're both technically on the reserves for this fall. So they might, or <laughs> this winter. So they might be playing. So I'm excited about that. They're playing in the Dominican Republic. They start theoretically in the middle of November. They're playing in Mexico for the winter league. The summer league, regular league was canceled but they're supposed to be starting there. And I could have sworn that at some point on this podcast, I said that the the Caribbean series was going to be canceled. Did I say that? You did. I was either just following something that got changed or just wrong because apparently they're planning for it. It's going to be in Mazatlan in Mexico. It's going to start on January 31st and ends. February 6th. So I'm having a hard time conceptualizing this. And I'm pretty sure it's happening because I saw travel packages, which really hurts my brain because that means fans, which just does not sound like a good idea. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a miracle by January. Maybe maybe when you first talked about it, we expressed concern and hoped that it would be canceled because of our fear. Maybe that was it. Because I definitely remember Mazatlan. I remember. Yeah, that all sounds very familiar. But wow. Yeah, because it's that love boat stop. So I was like, oh, cruise to Mazatlan. I'd love to go. But I do. No, I, not right. I don't no, feel don't. like the world's going to be ready in January, which is scary. I mean, that's January. Is the world going to be ready? Yeah. You know, I keep seeing the ads for if you get your season tickets now, you get all this extra stuff. I'm like, right. I don't think we can go next year. I don't yeah. feel comfortable yet until maybe a year from now. But yeah. Yeah, Mr. Potty Mouth said that we get like our tickets plus 50% or something in yep. our bank for next year. And I said, yep. yay. That buys that- a lot of beer, but we're not going to be there for it. Oh, as long yeah. as it holds over. You know what the world's maybe not ready for yet? Manny Ramirez still playing baseball. I think I might have mentioned this. We thought he was going to New Zealand. He's actually going to Sydney, Australia. He's going to be playing on the Sydney Blue Sox starting in December. He's like 49, I think, and he just wants to keep playing and people want to pay him to play. So power to him. He's been, I mean, he was in Taiwan. He was in Japan. Go to Australia, play baseball. I need a shirt. It's a really cute little blue sock 
smiley face kind of thing. And to go I with figure, all your red sock shirts. Right. That exactly. Like the red sock socks, thing? blue sure. socks thing. Apparently the reason why he ended up in Sydney instead of Auckland where he was starting to go was because the owner of Sydney is a Red Sox fan. So he oh. he snuck in and swept him out of New Zealand. Okay. It wasn't that Manny got the country wrong because they're all, you know, just over there somewhere. Because <laughs> right. what would that be? That would be Manny being Manny, right? Yes, it would. Yes, yes it, it would. would. And I can't wait. So that's the best thing about this is some Manny being Manny story is going to come out of this. And we don't know what it is yet, but it will be hysterical. Manny being Manny down under. I might need a shirt too. Gosh mm. darn it. I don't need any more shirts. Yikes. There's so much oh, fun boy. They're so much fun. Hey, so I'm a little down on all my teams because my teams are kind of losing, but I'm hoping that maybe this week they'll turn things around and make baseball more fun for me. Um, I'm guessing you might be feeling kind of the same way. Yeah, the Nats, I mean, it's hard because my two teams are basically hopeless for playoffs at this point, the Nats yeah. and the Red Sox. I can still enjoy watching them. Um, I'm hopeful for the Lions so that, you know, that end of the bet that we have with Clive will come through that would be super nice would get a couple of baseballs if the lions pull it off but things are pretty tight over there and you never know what's going to happen in a cpbl game well i'm just thinking right now i got a root for cleveland and i got a root for oakland one of those teams has got to make it for the american league and i will feel better about that and certainly i've got some other national league teams that i'd like to see do well they're also based in california as it turns out anyway so i'm going to be watching baseball and hoping for the best and hoping things turn out the way I like this week. That sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. I just want to say we're, we're breaking our streak of having guests who are awesome women podcasters on, but have no fear. Hopefully if everything works out well, we will have a couple of folks from mansplaining baseball elsewhere on with us next week. And I'm looking forward to that. I am too. In the meantime, please feel free to find some older episodes of our show and get caught up. Tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball and maybe leave us a review and a rating if you feel so inclined. And hey, hang out with us on social media. Talk to me on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Until next week, please wash your hands, wear your mask, stay inside and say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. I'm recording. Dude. <laughs>